You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Pro Football Hall of Famers. I can't wait. As a diehard Jet fan, I'll be heading out to Canton. I'll be at the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, which I'm calling the Zach Wilson Invitational because I don't think any Jet starter, certainly not Aaron Rodgers, is going to be playing in that one against the Browns. Then we got the ceremony on Saturday, and I can't wait. It's going to be an absolute party for the Jets. And this past week, it has been quite a bit of news week for the New York Jets. A lot of news happening with the team. I'll start with the Quinn and Williams extension. I talked about the hard knock stuff earlier in the show, but it all applies here. So Quinn and Williams and the Jets reached the deal, and I don't know if the Jets being on hard knocks was like the the final push to get a deal done, but I don't think it hurt that Joe Douglas, knowing the cameras were going to be around, wanted to try and get something done with the Jets' best defensive player from a year ago. Quinn Williams was voted team MVP by his peers, by his own teammates. The Curtis Martin team MVP, I think the Jets call that award. So he signs a four-year, $96 million deal, $66 million guaranteed. And if you're a Jet fan, you're thrilled. Because the last thing you needed was another distraction going into the year, going into training camp. I don't think Hard Knocks is a distraction. But Quinn Williams not being there, that's a distraction. Right, Darrell Revis and that incident, the holdout in 2010, that was a distraction that summer, and the Hard Knocks cameras were following every minute of it to a point where Mike Tannenbaum became famous for going to the Roscoe Diner and doing Revis contract negotiations there. You didn't need that. So the fact that the Quinn Williams deal is done and the Hard Knocks doesn't have that as a storyline is a great thing for the Jets. It's also a great thing because he's a great player and you got it done. And it's no surprise what the contract was. That's why I was fascinated that it was taking this long. You look at all the other defensive tackles that got paid this offseason, including Dexter Lawrence here with the Giants. You knew Quinnen, who's younger than these guys, was going to get more money because he also was more productive than these guys. So now he's the second highest paid defensive tackle at $24 million a year. He surpasses Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans, who was at 23.5 per year. So he's the number two tackle. Number one, still Aaron Donald, who's superhuman. Makes like $30 million a year, as he should. So this was a no-brainer by the Jets to get this done. No-brainer. Quinn Williams is now the first Jets player that they drafted in the first round to sign a second contract since Muhammad Wilkerson, who they picked in 2011. Think about that. They had not signed a player to a second contract they picked in the first round between 2012 and 2018 until Quinn. That's insane. And that is why the Jets have been one of the worst teams in football the last 12 years. That is why they have the longest playoff drought in professional sports, because they have sucked at drafting. Let's be blunt. They've been terrible. Whether the GM was Tannenbaum at the end, John Isaac, Mike McCagden, the reason why the Jets have been the Jets the last 12 years is because they have drafted as poor as any team in football. And Quinnen Williams was one of the few picks that Mike McCagden actually got right. Third overall in 2019, took him a little bit to get going but last year he was a game wrecker he was everything you want in a player 25 years old team captain guys love him if you don't pay Quinn Williams who do you pay who do you pay Quinn Williams did everything right he was the anti-Jamal Adams he didn't make his contract situation a big deal he wasn't demanding a new deal he didn't blast the coach to the daily news like Jamal Adams did with Gase a couple of years back and Quinn plays a premium position unlike Jamal Adams who is a safety that can't cover. In fact, he was more of a liability in pass coverage than Ryan Gosling was in the movie Remember the Titans. So trading Jamal Adams is probably the best move Joe Douglas made. 
All right, how's those two first-round picks working out? Uh, how about Elijah Vera Tucker and Garrett Wilson? So that was a no-brainer. So the narrative that, oh, well, the Jets never pay their own, that's nonsense. They haven't had the right players to pay. Quinnen was different, and that's why they needed to pay him. And they did. So I think you give Joe Douglas a lot of credit for that. And now you look at this Jets team, are they done this offseason? Well, Quan Alexander is still out there. Last year he signed after training camp actually started. I believe the Jets probably have a low offer on the table saying, it's there if you want it, let us know. And then there's Dalvin Cook. And if I'm the Jets, I'm signing Dalvin Cook if the money's right. You can never have enough weapons, enough playmakers. This guy had 1,100 yards last year. You know, the analytic crew will tell you, oh, he's showing signs of decline. He's not as good as the numbers look. I don't know, man. The last time the Jets were in this spot, doing hard knocks, Super Bowl expectations, they signed LaDainian Tomlinson, who is three years older than Dalvin Cook, and he was really good in 2010. Quan and Cook would be the final two moves I would like to see the Jets make if they can. Do they need both players? No. Would it be nice to have them? I would say yes. But getting Quinn in extended was an absolute no-brainer, and I challenge any Jet fan out there to try and call on and tell me why extending Quinn and Williams was not the right move. Because the other thing in all this is that by signing Quinn and Williams, you send the right message to the rest of the locker room. If you were not listening earlier, Jets legend Nick Mangold was my first guest on the show tonight at 7.30, and I asked him about the message Quinn and Williams being extended sends, and Mangold essentially said it just makes everyone in the locker room pay attention, that, hey, if we do our job the right way, our organization's going to take care of us. Sends the right message. If you're not going to pay Quinn, who do you pay? And with the way the NFL salary cap works, I'm not worried about the cap. I'm not worried about, you know, what the you know, jet cap situation is going to be like in two years if Rodgers retires after that and there's dead cap hits and all that. The, the salary cap to me is fake. It's a lot like the Subway $5 foot long. It's a figment of your imagination. It's, you know, it's a woozy, it's a wazzy, whatever you want to say. McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street. It's not real. The good teams seemingly always figure out a way to manipulate it and figure it out. The Saints do it every year. They're in cap hell, then magically they sign everybody. The Rams, the same thing. They won a Super Bowl. The Jets are now all in this year. I could give a flying you-know-what about 2024 or 2025, and it's about this year right now. As long as Rodgers is the quarterback, it is about right now for the New York Jets. Yeah, I don't care about you know, Zach Wilson in two years maybe being the replacement. I, that is the farthest thing from my mind. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have a top-five defense. You have the longest playoff drought in sports. It's time to win. There are no excuses for the Jets this year. None. This is a team that, at the minimum, has to be a playoff team. Minimum. If they don't, there will be changes probably to the coach and maybe the general manager. Who knows? If Woody Johnson's not writing a check for $100 million to you know, go 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs. Oh, but that's a two-win improvement. They won seven last year. Enough. It's time to win. And Jet fans... Jet fans deserve a team that wins. This is one of the great fan bases in sports. It's one of the most passionate fan bases in all of sports. They're loyal. They love their team. And they have been fed garbage for 12 years now. It is time. It is time to win. They have a good football team. Maybe a great football team if it comes together. But getting Quinn and Williams signed was really that last, last thing they had to do as far as like the big picture stuff. Could they use Dalvin Cook? Sure. I'm not going to say no if he wants to play for the Jets. Could they bring Quan Alexander back as a third linebacker? Yeah, they could. But the big thing that they had to do post-Rodgers trade was get Quinn and sign long-term, and they got it done. So I think Joe Douglas deserves a lot of credit for that. And I always felt like they would work out a deal. 
it kind of felt like the Rodgers situation, where like once Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and said his intention were to, was to play for the Jets, you knew a deal would get done. We just didn't necessarily know when. Felt that way with Quinnen. Especially because they re-signed his brother, who has the same agent as Quinnen, earlier this offseason. Quincy Williams is a nice player. Three years, $18 million. So those two guys, they're going to be all over hard knocks, by the way. You talk about personalities. The, the Williams brothers are going to be heavily featured in HBO's hard knocks. You can bet on that. But if you're a Jet fan, this is the time to be excited, man. Hall of Fame, three weeks from tonight. Klecko and Ravis going in. Training camp for the Jets starts on Thursday. You know, this radio station is going to be covering the Jets up close. I know, you know DiPietro and Rothenberg are going to be at Jets camp. The K-Show is going to be at Jets camp. Like, this is a fun time to be a Jet fan. And if you can't sit back and enjoy it now and you're just worried about every little thing, then why be a fan? Like, it's rare that we get out optimism and hope as a fan of this football team. Enjoy it. And getting Quinn and Williams extended was the latest sign that this is not the same old Jets. That, you know, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are competent at their jobs. And this team is a good football team. And they have a legitimate chance, if they stay healthy and things come together, to legitimately compete in the AFC. And yes, the division is tough and the conference is loaded. But remember, when teams see the Jets on their schedule, they now got to play the Jets. It's not, oh, crap. We're playing that team. It's uh, you're, you're playing the Jets. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. If you want in on the Jets conversation, the Giants conversation with Saquon Barkley, here's your chance to weigh in. Are you pro or anti-hard knocks? I gave my take earlier. Quinnen is signed. No excuses for the Jets. Training camp starts later this week. We're coming right back. It's Jake Asman with you here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. On the Jet conversation, Quinn and Williams side, Hard Knocks is here. Jets open up camp on Thursday. And in the words of Bart Scott, I can't wait for Thursday and for it all to begin. Let's go to VR in Daytona. He's first up this segment. VR, thanks for making the call. You're on with Jake Asman here at 9870 ESPN. My man, Spicy Jake Asman. Hey, yo, first time, long time listener. You're actually schmoozing on this side of the dial. Absolutely ecstatic <laughs> about your current success, my man. So I've I got, I got a couple of points. The first one is uh, the first point that you made about uh, Quentin Williams, his contract was well-deserved. But more importantly, it sends a message to our young team that we invest in our players, our Jet players. And I think that that's really, really important because I don't even remember a time where we've done that before. You know, our young players, we've drafted them. The good ones, they've come and they left. Revis left. Adams got traded away. You know, this is, this is a message that we're sending to our young, skilled, good group that, hey, we're going to invest in you, and we are a winner. We're, we're, we're going in that direction. The second point I have is about uh, A-Rod's important, importance as a leader. You know, this is something that helps on so many different levels. The organization exposure, the team leadership, just the mere fact that he's the caliber of quarterback that we haven't seen since, oh, I don't know, Woodstock. <laughs> and on that note, Jake, peace and love because I'm out. VR, thank you for the call. Look, Aaron Rodgers is 
the best quarterback that has ever played for the Jets when he plays a game for them. He's not the best, like, you know, the Jet quarterback of all time, but as far as, like, a quarterback playing for the Jets, he's the best that has ever played for the Jets, and that makes sense. He's, a, he's not name it. That's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, he's won four MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's probably one of the five greatest players to ever play his position in the history of the league. And the best part about Rodgers is that he seems like he wants to be here. He seems like he's invested. I think he understands the appeal of New York. He's embraced himself to the city. He's ingratiated himself to this fan base. He chose to not wear name it's number 12 and made a point at the press conference to say he would never wear number 12 because that's Joe Namath's number with the Jets. He said, hey, that Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. Like, he, he gets it. I think he understands what a championship with the Jets would do for his legacy. You know, I've said this before. I believe a championship with the Jets would be the equivalent of him winning maybe like two Super Bowls with the Packers. There's certain franchises where it just means more. When you think of Mark Messier's legendary career, you don't think about the five Stanley Cups he won with the Oilers. You think about the cup he won with the New York Rangers. When I think of LeBron's career, I don't think about his Laker championship or the two with Miami. The first championship I think of with LeBron James is the one he won for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, certain championships mean more depending on the franchise. And it, it, the, the quarterback who wins the Jet a Super Bowl, God willing, I'm around to see it, is forever a legend in New York and NFL lore. Forever. Like, it, there's, there's no conversation. There's no debate. And I think Rodgers recognizes that. You know, he's never going to catch Brady with seven. You know, he's never going to get Montana probably with four. But if he can win a second ring and he does it with the Jets and he's got four regular season MVPs, and he's got the greatest touchdown-to-interception ratio in the history of football, you want to talk about elevating your legacy and your stature. That's what a championship with the Jets could do if he could pull it off, if this team could actually pull it off. And it's crazy to have a conversation like this as a Jet fan, but it's not impossible. I'm not predicting it, but it's at least a conversation. Let's go to Dan the Jet. He's down in Florida wants to talk about the Quinn Williams contract. Dan the Jet, you're next up. You're on 9870 ESPN. Jake, how's it going? Uh, first of all, congratulations on getting back to 98.7 again and being on a station that you rightfully deserve to be on. Thank and you, really, for Jet, My pleasure, absolutely. And then for Jet fans, obviously we are in a better spot than we were 195 days ago the last time uh, you did a show on the station on New Year's Day. <laughs> And really, in regards to the Quinn and Williams deal, after everything the Jets have done this offseason, after seemingly going all in to have the best season they've had in over a decade, if they let an extension with Q uh, fall through, it would have left a sour taste in the mouths of us fans. And when you consider the money and draft capital this team has invested this offseason, uh, seemingly it had to culminate in this extension. And you can't go from trading for Aaron Rodgers to not extending the best player from your roster from a season at jail. I mean, winning the division, it's not an unreasonable expectation for this team. And they have assembled a team that they believe is capable of winning, and it's been 21 years. I don't know how much longer it will take for the Jets to win the division, but, damn, this feels like the right year for them to do so. Dan, thank you for the call. I, I, I agree. That, that should be the regular season goal. Yes, the AFC East is very difficult. But why not the Jets? I, I, I'm sorry. Can we stop anointing the Buffalo Bills as the greatest thing since sliced bread? Are they a damn good football team? Yes. Did they not lose to Zach Wilson of the Jets last year? The answer is yes. Did they not nearly lose to Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs at home last year? The answer to that one is yes. Did they not get their doors blown off by Joe Burrow and the Bengals in their building last year? Yes. 
Did Mike White in the Jets nearly win that game if he didn't break five ribs? The answer is yes. Like, are they a good team? Absolutely. But the idea that the Bills are so much better than the Jets, what have they won? All right? Mark Sanchez has been to more AFC Championship games than Josh Allen. I, I, I Like, I get it. They're a good team. But the, oh, well, you know, it's yeah, Jets just don't have a chance because it's the Bills. Or, like, the Dolphins because, you know, their roster is so great when Tua can't stay healthy. Are you kidding me? We're going to see Mike White against the Jets. Like, if you know anything about, like, how Jet football works, I can guarantee you Mike White will start a game against the Jets this year. I, I, like, I promise you. That's a Joe Namath guarantee. We'll see Mike White probably on Black Friday. I'll be at that game at MetLife. You know, probably, you know, stuffed up from the turkey the day before watching Mike White against Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to Brett in New Jersey. Brett, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN with Jake Asman. What's going on, Brett? Hey, Jake. Uh, first off, I wanted to say that uh, I started listening to you when I was listening, uh, looking for Jets podcast, and I came across yours. And I got to tell you, uh, I like your style. I'm glad to hear you on the radio, and uh, really glad I get a chance to talk to you. I appreciate that, Brett. Uh, Thank first, you so much. And no worries, man. Hey, listen. You know, I got to tell you. You know, you know when you, you know when you listen to something, and you get that that funny feeling creeping up your spine, that like excited feeling. Uh, when you hear something that you love. And the way you talked about the Jets and the preseason, I got that feeling like, man, I am like, I am so excited about what is, you know, what's coming up. Because I got to tell you, who scares, uh, does anyone really scare you in the, in the AFC East? I mean, what? I mean, come on. You know, like I, I love Jets fans and I have a lot of Jets fans as friends. And we're always looking for, the things that's going to jinx us, like, oh, hard knocks, oh, my God, we can't have it. You know what? I mean, come on. Like, we got a great football team. Joe Douglas, the man, well, he knows the cap, but he knows the talent, right? He's, he's been drawing guys. Right, your line's a little choppy, talent. so we'll let you go. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I am 100% with you. Look, could, could it go horribly wrong? Sure, of course it could, right? I mean, things happen. All right. If you're a Jet fan, you remember the excitement going in the 99 and then Vinny, Vinny Testaverde gets hurt in week one and there goes the season. So, like, yeah, it, things could happen where it's not a fun season. But if you're a fan of the Jets and you're not at least optimistic or excited right now, like, why be a fan, man? Why be miserable? I mean, this is going to be fun. And they have a competent GM who's seemingly very good at his job. He's not perfect, but nobody is. They have a coach who players love to play for, who hired Hackett, who then brought Rodgers here. I mean, Salah has completely changed the culture. you got guys that are coming here to play for him. That's never happened since Rex Ryan. So I'm not sitting here telling you I don't have concerns about the Jets. I do. I'm worried about Becton staying healthy. I'm worried about Dwayne Brown being 37, 38, playing left tackle maybe. You know, I'm concerned about a lot of different things. No team is is perfect, though. Like, the Chiefs have concerns as well. I know that's tough to believe, but I'm telling you, I have a friend of mine that does middays in Kansas City. They take calls from fans who are worried about them repeating. So every every fan base is a little worried about everything. Like, no team is perfect. But this is the best team the Jets have had since 2010. And I don't even think it's close. And ESPN did a poll where they asked scouts, coaches, players, and compiled all their votes into the top rosters in the NFL – the Jets had a top 10 roster. What was notable about that ranking? They were number two as far as the age of the roster. The Bengals were one. The Jets were two as far as the youngest, best roster in the league. And that's with a 40-year-old quarterback and a 38-year-old left tackle. 
So this is a good young team. They have to learn how to win. You know, that's something that's, I don't want to call it a concern, but something they have to learn. They collapsed at the end of last year. That's something they got to learn to figure out. they got to finish. That's going to be a big narrative in one Jets drive and hard knocks, Robert Sala saying finish and all that. But this is a good football team. And if you're a Jet fan and you're not excited, I, I, I really don't know what to tell you. And like, to me, it's not fun being a fan if you go in every year expecting the worst no matter what. I'm not saying being delusional, but it's okay to be a little excited. I know I am. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. It's Jake Asman with you till 10 o'clock. More of your calls coming up on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Uh, the podcast interview with Nick Mangold, who was our first guest on the show tonight, is up. So you can listen to that when you're done listening to our show tonight. If you're a Jet fan, you're going to want to hear it. He was outstanding. Talked a lot about why he thinks Hard Knocks is great for the Jets. And Rodgers is actually playing coy. And he's going to be great on the show. Told some great stories about the Rex Ryan years going into the Ring of Honor last year. And I had to ask him about his former teammate, Darrell Revis, who's being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame three weeks from tonight, him and Joe Klecko going in together, which as a Jet fan, to have arguably the two best defensive players in the history of the franchise go in together, it's about as good as it gets. Let's go back to the phones right now. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn, wants to talk Jets. Artie, thanks for making the call. You you are on the Jake Asman Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jake, man, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I got so much to talk, talk to you about. A couple of comments before on the Jets. The Eli thing, I know he's making the Hall of Fame. Okay, but if a guy makes a Hall of Fame and if you say if a couple of things happened in the Super Bowl and he wouldn't have won the championships, he's not in the Hall of Fame, then in my mind, he's not a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, you know, if my if my if my aunt had back hair, she'd be my uncle. You know, like, you know, this is kind of how well, it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, you, you make a guy a Hall of Famer on two Super Bowl rings, MVP, but – Two things could have changed everything. Like, how many Hall of Famers can you say that about? I don't I don't know if there's any. Like, if you take away two games, right, two games, he's not a Hall of Famer. That's, that's such BS in my mind. Yeah. I, look, I, I know I'm a Jets fan and a hater, but I'm just saying it like that. <laughs> the second no. thing is – you know, I'll, I'll let you finish, Artie. I'll let you finish. You're, you, yeah. you're not wrong, but, like, that's how we keep scoring sports. And, and it's not just he won two Super Bowls. One of them was against the, maybe the greatest football team of all time, right, in the, the 07 Patriots. So that's all part but of the it conversation. Is a, it is a team game, and Plunkett is not a Hall of Famer, and he's got super, two Super Bowl rings as a quarterback. Fair, but, you know. I'm, uh, I'm not putting you, Plunkett in there. No, but you know anyway. Eli. Eli's got two MVPs, and he did it in New York. There's more spotlight and attention on him. It just it kind of how it's it's how it goes. And I want you to take on Revis too, okay? Because I, I look, he's not Jamal Adams, but close. If he doesn't come back after he went to the Patriots, is he in the Ring of Honor? If he doesn't come back after he left, the, yeah, I, I still think he would be because we're talking about a guy who played most of his career with the Jets and was. You know, one of the, the greatest corners in the he history of the league. He wouldn't have played most of these years. He wouldn't have because well, he went to Tampa after three years. No, he played He played with the Jets from, from 2007 through 2012. He was in Tampa in 2013, New England 2014, okay, then he came back to the Jets. Well, well, we'll look it up here because I'm not good at math, Artie. Okay. I, that's why I talk about sports. Okay, and, but, the, and, the last thing, and the last thing is you said the Jets were a top five defense. They and were. I want Hopkins. 
because I think that putting Hopkins, you're giving Rodgers another way. I think he'd rather have a wide receiver weapon than a running back weapon, and I think they're pretty good at running back even without Cook, but they are not even close to being a top-five defense. Not even close. I can name you five teams in the AFC alone that are better than them in, in things. And I, those games, Detroit and, ja- and the Jaguars, destroyed me because they ran the ball right down our throats. They couldn't stop me. They couldn't stop me. Maybe because they're third-string quarterbacks that they played against that their defense showed up. And Josh Allen, I don't what the heck, that first game, he was throwing to people. I don't know. He needed glasses or something because he played horrible. But other than that, who did they stop? Wait a second. Wait a second. Artie, Artie, thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. By the way, Duran Reeves played eight years with the Jets. All right? <laughs> 2007 through 2012. Then came back, played 15 and 16. I'm not even going to count you know, the five games he played with Kansas City in 2017. He was done after 2016. All right? And with the New York Jets, he was one of the great players they've ever had. Seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. Three of them were with the Jets. And Darrell Rivas is an all-time great. He's an all-time great Jet. Your point about the Jets' defense, I, I mean, did they beat up on some bad quarterbacks last year? Sure. Uh, I would like to bring up the fact that their offense had the defense on the field more than any other team in the league last year. The Jets' offense was 29th in scoring. Why doesn't that get brought up? Who did they beat? Uh, Josh Allen was throwing the ball to the other team. You don't think Robert Sala's defensive scheme had something to do with that? Josh Allen had his two worst statistical games last year against Robert Sala's defense. Go look it up. So I I, I think you got to give Robert Sala a little credit for the defense. They were 32nd when he first got here, and now they were top four in every category. They allowed 18.6 points per game last year. And, yeah, you're going to bring up the Lions game and the Jaguars game. You know what the NFL average already is for points per game? 22. Now, as a Jet fan, you hear 22 points, and you're like, holy crap, 22 points? An offense could score three touchdowns? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you, that was average. And the Jets' defense last year allowed 18.6 points per game. And you bring up the Lions game. They allowed 20 points that day. Seven of those points were because Braden Mann had a terrible punt that was returned the other way for a touchdown. Seven of the 20. Three of the 20 was because Zach Wilson threw in the double coverage in the third quarter of that game and easily gave Detroit a field goal, which the Jets defense had a goal line stand to prevent them from scoring. You want to say the Jacksonville game, they were not great? You're not wrong, but they only gave up 19 points that night. 19. Quinn Williams had the strip sack of Trevor Lawrence in that game. By the way, I sat at MetLife in the rain, probably got pneumonia from that game afterwards. Watch that disaster. Zach Wilson getting benched at halftime for a CFL quarterback and Chris Strebler. How embarrassing that whole night was. They only allowed 19 points that night. And the game started with a strip sack. The Jets have the ball at the 15-yard line. They go three and out, kick the field goal. They're only points in the night. I mean... Is the Jets' defense perfect? No, they got to force more turnovers. But to say they're not a top-five defense, come on now. They were absolutely were a top-five defense last year. They had two first-team All-Pros on it. C.J. Mosey was second-team All-Pro. I, I would take the Eagles' defense over them, the Niners, because they forced more turnovers, but that could change. This is still a very good defense. 
Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. I know him as Beth Page Chris. Chris, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here at 98.7. What's going on? Hey, Jake, you got it. You're doing a great job tonight, and it's a pleasure to listen to you uh, in New York on the radio. That's also a great interview with uh, Mangold tonight. Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Dalvin Cook. Um, I think we would love him in a Jets uniform. I just don't know if we're the best fit for him because I think he's going to want to be a number one back, and I don't know if he's going to want to take a, you know, kind of like a back seat when uh, Hall is up and running. Um, I really like the skill set that Kareem Hunt brings. Um, I think he's great in the passing game, and he's a beast in short yardage. What do you think? Yeah, Chris, I appreciate the kind words of the call. Uh, to your point on Cook, why would he go to the Dolphins then if he's looking to be a number one guy? He's not going to be a number one guy in the Dolphins. The Shanahan offense that Miami runs, because Mike McDaniel comes from Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, they don't have one guy. They brought back Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They drafted Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M. Well, I think, by the way, he's gonna actually going to be a very good player. Like, the Dolphins have enough running backs. So if he wants to be the number one guy, why would he go to Miami, which is the other team reportedly in on Dalvin Cook? I think Dalvin Cook wants to go to the team that pays him the most. If it's the Jets, I think they'll get him. And if it's about getting carries, he probably has a better chance to get more touches with the Jets than he would Miami. Because as much as I love Brees Hall, and I think he's going to be awesome, even if he's healthy for week one, and he says he will be, and Robert Sala came out and said he's ahead of schedule, and he will be, that's the expectation. You really think the Jets are going to run Brees Hall 20-plus times in the first couple games of the year? No way. they got to keep him ready for December and January football, ideally. Imagine that, Jets playing meaningful games in January. Ooh, what a concept. It could actually happen this year. So I, I, I'd sign down with Cook today if I'm the Jets. Now, it depends on the money. You know, you're not giving him $10 million. But if you could get him on 5 or $6 million and put some incentives in there to get it done, why wouldn't you want to add a guy who had 1,400 total yards last year? I'd take Kareem Hunt as well. Kareem Hunt's a good player. Something tells me the Jets are not totally done adding talent to this team. I know Quinnen was the big one, but it wouldn't shock me if a team like the Jets would make one more move. It wouldn't shock me. Quick break, and then we'll get right back to your calls to wrap up the show. It's Jake Asman with you till 10 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York.